0: gee what's going on
1: hey how's it going
0: uh life is life and life is life and um (laughs) i was just looking over some of the notes and let me just ask what are you not aware let me start with this did you did you catch any of the new japan stuff
1: No, I mean, I didn't watch it. I mean, I know uh, Mercedes won the title from Kari. I know uh, Okada retained. Um, And that's about all I know.
0: Okay, well, I watched it. Um, You know, I'm not going to lie. I was not... um... I was not as dedicated to all the other matches. I mean, I, I caught everything for the most part. Um, you know, I think Eddie Kingston has a lot to offer as far as, like, personality and, you know, promo-wise to a degree. But watching him and Jay White was just... I laughed the whole match. I was like, this just looks terrible. Like, it just looks terrible. Um, but... I I mainly paid attention to, you know, of course, Mercedes and Kairi, which was the main thing I was in for. I did catch Okada and Tanahashi I watched, and it was more of what I'm, you know, I'm not all the way familiar with Okada. I mean, granted, I don't watch a lot of New Japan, but just from the stuff that I have watched, you know, like online and stuff over the years and, you know, just, you know, seeing from clips and stuff. This was like he full heel Okada, and I was like, okay, like I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was, of course a few things I wasn't too pleased with, but you know that's honestly usually my case with uh, New Japan, which is why I don't watch too much of it. Um, but you know, Merc- Darren
1: Young on that show. Yeah, think... oh, yeah,
0: I did watch his match. I watched his match, it was actually pretty good.
1: Okay, cause I, he had uh with uh Kenta, right?
0: I yeah, I keep wanting to call him Darren Young, and I forget his real name. He's using his real name, uh, and I always forget, but yeah, I, yeah, I forget what it is. Yeah, I actually did catch that. I was kind of curious because I, you know, to a degree, kept an eye on it you know on him since he's left and you know I was just kind of curious to see his you know what he was doing so I put some effort in to pay attention and you know it was a couple of again a couple of little spots I was like yeah but for the most part it was had my attention I was like okay like you know this this is actually cool I might watch some more of his stuff going forward we shall see um but Mercedes and Kyrie I was super stoked for this I've been a fan of Kyrie's for a long time I don't I remember seeing her in the Mae Young Classic and I just kept thinking like I said man there's just something about her like I was just drawn to her I said like this I thought her gimmick was really cool you know she's pretty she's a pretty woman I'm just like okay she's athletic you know she looks like she's putting all her energy into it you know she makes it believable and you know Mercedes I mean come on we can't say enough about Mercedes I love 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 Mercedes I've been a fan of her since she stepped foot in NXT I have watched her whole career and was always excited to see her evolve throughout the years um I was so curious. Can people just talk so bad about her and Kyrie's moment from Wrestle Kingdom? But the thing that people don't want to talk about, and I'm not gonna make a big kick up about it, is that people blame the botch on Mercedes, but really when you watch it, you see that it was Kyrie that botched it. And the fact that majority of everybody said it that it was Kyrie that botched it, and yet there's so many people that just wanted to blame Mercedes. But they did really, really good with this. I was, I, man, I felt like for a brief moment, I was watching them back in WWE. They were just, you know, that, that equity is there. The chemistry is there for them. Um, I was just really excited for this. And it did not disappoint. Everything was strong. Everything was good. Um, of course, Mercedes came out with the win. She is the new IWGP Women's Champion, and she's she's ready to take on all competitors. So I'm curious to see how this is gonna, uh, how this run is gonna go for her. I mean, um, it was so. no
1: surprise me hearing her win. I mean, you're only gonna bring her in to win. So you know, I, mean, I don't we- know how long her contract is. So to have her win. Yeah, in the first match, as like I said, I just, I just don't know how long the contract is, so you probably didn't want to delay her having getting her uh, time with the title, right? Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm happy for her, and uh, like I said, I'll have to go straight down uh, that particular show um, to at least watch that match. Probably that, in the Okada one, probably the ones I most be interested in. The Jay White and Eddie King's is just feel like too much of a Mitch of Styles for me. Yeah. Because um, Eddie King is kind of like a grounded pound. He he can kind of get Matt wrestling, but I mean, he's kind of a grounded pound brawler. Uh, so, with the issues there, what you're talking about, probably just they, they just didn't have the chemistry, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, it
0: was just I I remember at one point watching and going to myself, I said, Wow, like this is really, really weird. And I just I tried, I legitimately tried to get into it. And I want to say maybe like five minutes in, like I kind of just like zoned out. And I would look over every now and then, you know, at like because I was watching on my laptop, I would look over every now and then, but it was, man. It was. I don't want to say brutal. I I don't want to say brutal because I feel like that's so unfair to say brutal. Um. Oh, let me put the top back on this. I'm sorry. I had to pour me some to drink. Um. But I would say, I don't want to say brutal. It was it was just kind of sad, I will say, because it's like, OK, you know, of course, it's already been made known that, you know, his contract is up. And, you know, this kind of goes back to how always every so, um, so often mentioned they need to some degree start to try to keep kayfabe with some stuff, because with stuff like this, you kind of like expect it. And, I mean, granted, there has been some times in history where it didn't go the way you would think, like, you know, of course, with Trish, when she left. You know, you would think, okay, last match, she not going to win, even though it's her hometown, but, you know, she won, you know. But, again, it's, I just, I don't know. For I think, for me, being the type of person I am, and wanted to stick to, wanting them to stick to kayfabe a lot more, it kind of took the wind out the I mean, granted, for me, it's not a marquee match, so I really honestly could care less. I'm not a fan of Jay White. I'm not a fan of Eddie Kingston, so I, I really had nothing invested, but I just figured, okay, I spent my money. I might as well try to, you know, indulge in some of the other stuff that, you know, I wasn't even thinking about. And Because I honestly was only invested in Mercedes and Okada's matches. Um, and, you know, like I said, I just, about five minutes in, I was just like, oh, okay. and Just kind of looked off and started, you know, doing stuff on the tablet and on the phone and, you know, but, um, you know, the talk is that WWE is very interested in bringing him in, but supposedly, the The comment was there is a uh, another free agent that's a bigger part that's the biggest priority right now. Now, talk is also that Kenny Omega's contract is coming up. Now, one would try to guess or theorize that Omega would stay with AEW. Now, I don't necessarily. It's not that I don't necessarily think WWE wouldn't try to sign him. I feel like they will only try to sign him just to hurt AEW, which to a degree I don't have a problem with because, you know, when you're running a business, you got to do what you got to do to keep business good as long as it's legal, you know? Uh, but <sighs> regardless of what anybody says, and it's just me being a realist, I don't, I don't see that I don't see that Kenny Omega could ever have a successful career in WWE just given his personality and the things that he clearly likes to do and you know it's just well he
1: would be handicapped to a certain degree I mean even uh, even in AEW he's handicapped to a certain degree he can't do the stuff he can do in New Japan even but in he AW. WWE surely a- w- wouldn't be able to yeah but, but still his wrestling style a lot more watered down in AEW than it is in New Japan. If you watch him in New Japan, oh, just watch him. What? Um, i
0: disagreeing with that. Uh, no, back, what's that?
1: Uh, yeah, it's. A, he had to keep it a lot more basic. Uh, just, I mean, just when he was at what's that Wrestle Kingdom when he won the um the uh, US uh what the title he got not IWGP the, yeah, US the title
0: US uh, belt yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, his style is a less a lot more watered down. Um there um because I mean American wrestling over here we can't, we tend to keep it a little more simple. Um so, you know, he had to tone it down a lot. And even even in I mean WWE, he had to tone it down. I mean, he would come in as a top guy, no doubt. They would, you know,
0: he would <laughs> I would be wouldn't in a title scene. I wouldn't say top guy.
1: If he signed on, he would only sign on if he was going to be guaranteed to be in a main event. They would
0: never, they would never run the risk of paying him an obscene amount of money. Just like no matter how bad they would want to hurt AW, it's no way they would because they wouldn't make the money back on, they would not get a return, basically, is the problem. I would not sit here and pay, like for example, uh was it before Bray Wyatt uh got released, you know, two years ago, whatever. At the time, he was making about 3.1, 3.2 million dollars a year. Now, whatever the new deal is, I have no idea. and they haven't really released details on that, but let's just use that as a basis. I would not dare sit here and say, Okay, yeah, I'm gonna pay you three point or one point or two point anything. Which is I mean, most likely why he would not sign. I doubt they will offer him that type of money. It would be stupid.
1: I'm not even talking about the money. I'm just talking about no, his place saying, on the car. That would
0: be the only reason why he would go.
1: I mean, yeah, of course. But, I mean, even if they did give him money, it would have to be a guarantee on the car. He would have to be... They would have to treat him like you know, well... Actually, better than what AJ Styles got. You know, AJ Styles came in, and he wasn't just thrown into the bottom. I mean, he had to, you know, take his lumps. Uh, you know, he lost that WrestleMania match to Jericho. Everybody thought he was going to win, and but he was always up near the top of the card somewhere. Um, he
0: would. I. I. He. He would. I. But, I doubt it. I feel like he would get Finn Balor treatment if anything. Honestly. I think that's the far as he would get, honestly.
1: Well, yeah, he might as well stay in AEW. He's going to get Finn ballot treatment.
0: Because, I again, mean, there's no way that you nobody in that company is going to be convinced. Nobody can convince anybody in that company that, oh, he's going to do enough business for us that whatever you pay him, you'll get a return on. Nobody is going to be stupid enough to believe that. Now, again, depending on how petty... Triple H and a wannabe You know that's a whole nother story But all in all I pretty much just Think that he's gonna End up just re-signing But also We have to keep in mind There's there's a possibility he might not Just, just because he wants to possibly re-sign Doesn't mean that Tony will allow it So he might just end up Being out of a job or just going back to New Japan Who knows we shall see
1: no, I doubt book? Tony would just like let him walk like just like that. But I mean, I because would. he is, you know, a top guy for them. I mean, he's one of their probably five, you know, biggest guys. So, I mean, well, and retro
0: spend business-wise, most people will look. I mean, at least the way I'm looking at it, business-wise, you have not done anything for me, for me to justify really keeping you because this video game still hasn't come out and look at how much money they sank they sank almost a hundred thousand uh, not a hundred thousand they sank almost a hundred million dollars into that video game and it still has not come out on top of the fact but well, they had to
1: get the rating for the game right they was trying to get a teen rating and they kept rating it m so they had to go back and change a lot of things.
0: I mean but outside of that even outside of that it's no reason why the even the stuff before that should have taken this long but also on top well, of that well i mean that, if you
1: want to get it right
0: well no, i would rather them take, take no, their time no, but no things take time i would rather I get them that, but at the same time you have somebody with no experience with creating a video game in charge of making sure this video game comes out and that is good and how long have they people people been waiting on this for? What two years now? Maybe like I can't even keep track. Are we on the third year? People been waiting on this for a while. Is the point? Is all I'm getting at. I mean,
1: it's up so, for pre sale now, so it's getting close. But I'd rather them take their time and get it right. Then give me some half, you know, WWE 2K game.
0: It still ain't gonna be worth it by the time people can actually. Uh, before it be about the time people can actually use it. So we shall see. But that that's my first point. My second point is, especially if you look at the ratings, especially since he originally came back from his injury when they decided to do the trios thing. You know, this is clearly before the all-out incident. But I remember on that return match, they lost two hundred thousand viewers for that segment. All be all on his entrance, like when that met, like from his entrance on up until the end of the. End of the segment which was it was the main event So I might as well say that the main event They lost 200,000 viewers And they already don't have a A a high a, a big audience as is But again that's my second point My third point Now granted we there's still Some murkiness around the all out Incident but I mean come on now as much As I don't really care for Punk There was clearly a lot of truth to what He was saying there was clearly a lot of truth to what he was saying. All I'm saying is from a business standpoint, it's really nothing on paper showing me that you you're even worth the paycheck. So, we shall see what happens with that. I'm pretty sure he's going to end up saying um, i honestly if he if t- depending on where Tony is at with how he feels about Omega, We'll see. I mean, nine times out of ten, he'll just keep him just to prevent him even from going to w w e even though he really would not made that big of a difference for w w e. but um it'll be interesting to see. So a lot of people have been um have been saying that they most likely think that the bigger priority as far as free agents is is Kenny Omega since that's the only other person's contract we've been made aware of uh recently uh honestly i i don't feel like it'll be an asset either way i don't see how this would i I don't see how this would be a gain for wwe either way because yeah you'll get jay white and yeah he clear like clearly he has some type of fan base as most people do it just may not be bigger as big as other people's fan base but I mean, no offense, let's just be honest. Everybody claims that AEW's audience is the hardcore of the hardcore fan base. But remember when he showed up and, you know, I mean, granted it was supposed to be a surprise, but, you know, Tony Khan, you know I'm saying? Oh, this surprise, I got this huge surprise, I got this huge surprise. He shows up and, like, nobody really seemed to hear. It was pretty much crickets. You could hear a freaking cotton ball drop, like, and then Tony had I mean business.
1: you can it's, it's hard to gauge somebody's popularity to the public just as somebody's popular online. I mean uh, over here he had on he had already only really wrestled for uh ring of honor and then he went to New Japan. So and when he was in ring of honor
0: it's not it's, really hard to get like to 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 get an idea of people's popularity when you just kind of Look at the simple facts. I mean, I get what you're saying, and you are right to a degree, but all I'm saying is like it's no way for it's no way to be able to predict what somebody's popularity is gonna be when they come in to a degree. However, you can get somewhat of a forecast on it. My whole thing is with a lot of these people coming from New Japan, and it's nothing wrong with people coming from New Japan because they do have some good talent. But and when you go on social media and you see somebody has like, you know, they're supposed to be this big deal, but they got like 20,000, you know, maybe like 20, only 20,000 followers or something versus this other person that you know was red hot and they got like, you know, 200,000 followers. You're kind of like, okay, like clearly this person, like, you know, clearly this person has uh, you know, more of a an actual following and then you can dig deeper from there. You can, you know, I mean, granted they probably might not want to do the legwork themselves in the digging deeper in that, but it's, it's things that you can do on the surface to, to kind of gauge to some degree. But you know, also you you're all but
1: I'm not gonna put every I'm not gonna put all my value on who's got more Instagram followers though. Well no, I'm not ahead. saying
0: that's the only thing, but I'm saying that's like a surface level thing that gives you the you know stars to gauge. You know where to start to gauge when you see stuff like that because then you can Go to other things you can you know you can go on other other social media platforms and you know now if it's the same on other social media platforms or a little worse, then you can kind of add on to that like it kind of changes the more variables you add to it, but again, you know most likely they're gonna have somebody do that, but most people aren't gonna want to put that much effort in, but regardless the point of me <laughs> again, I just don't see how either would be a win i've seen some of, i've seen jay white stuff over the years i've like i said i've never been a fan i've never intentionally went looking for any of his matches or to make an effort but i've i've caught a lot of them usually because you know a friend or family member somebody's you know watching it or i run across it on the internet somewhere and i'll say hey well let me see what's going on here i just i the i don't see the hype about him i yeah, I don't I, he he's nothing special. I hate to say it, you know. He's he's nothing special. But well, somehow, I'm not going
1: to get caught up in too much of the rumor mill and I will wait to see what actually happens. That's why I said we should see all of this, you know, oh, he might do this or this this and that. That's why, you know, I don't put a lot of uh stock in you know little articles said, that come see. out and stuff, so you know
0: that's what that's exactly why I said we shall see so we should just see what happens that you know because of the talk I'm kind of curious to see what's gonna happen so we'll see with that did you catch wind by any chance of the <laughs> the the comments that Mike Tyson made uh
1: apparently I didn't <laughs> okay so, I don't know what you're
0: talking about. so a couple of days ago Mike Tyson uh made a comment. In an interview, he said that he would rather go to WWE, but AEW has been the ones contacting him to, you know, show up, you know, and they pay more. Now, he did specify that he goes to AEW because, they, you know, they invite him. They ask and they pay well. But even though AEW pays better, he would rather be on WWE TV. How do you think that made Tony feel?
1: I mean, he's got a history with them. I mean, WWE's got a larger audience, so I mean, I can't be mad at him for that. I mean, AEW just bought him in for some appearances just to, you know, punch Jericho or something. And, you know, that was about it. Uh, What can I say? And, (laughs) you know, I got (laughs) to... I have to, uh, even though I, I I like Mike Tyson, but you know, uh, gotta even watch what you, what comes out of Mike Tyson's mouth. I can't can't always be taking it, truth effect. So, I mean, I, I ain't got no problem with him saying it. What?
0: I definitely don't have a problem with him saying it. I mean, he's he's just being Mike Tyson. Um, I mean, he said how he felt. You know, whatevs. That's cool with me, but. Let's piggyback off of that into <laughs> Tony Khan's Twitter meltdown. So I I know I sent it to you. Do you? I don't know. I don't know if you got. I don't. Show. I didn't.
1: I didn't even know what that was about when you sent it. I just looked at it. I was like,
0: okay. So here's okay. The, what is this here's the about?
1: Thing.
0: So on so on SmackDown, you know, SmackDown of course was in Montreal because uh you know because of Elimination Chamber being in Montreal. So on SmackDown, guess who pops up, you know, after, you know, a little uh video package they did, Michael Cole and you know, Wade Barrett on commentary, and they jump to the crowd with their correspondent, Ariel Hawane. And I'm like, wow, I said they called in here Ariel Hawani. I said, This is interesting so I was just like okay like this is kind of cool I like Ariel you know uh I remember the first time I watched one of his interviews I was kind of put off he's a little monotone and that's not his fault that's something he can't control but it is very hard for me to you know engage or I would say invest you know a lot of the times when I have to watch something when somebody's monotone but you know, I was able to get past that because he actually, he asks really good questions. He does, you know, pretty good interviews. So I always tend to check in with Ariel Hawani when he does interviews with, you know, somebody uh, I'm a fan of, or even just, you know, kind of interested in seeing. And you, Tony Khan, like, I want to say maybe about seven minutes before SmackDown went off the air. <laughs> before SmackDown, and let's keep in mind, The rampage came on an hour early, so instead of rampage coming on, oh wait, no, I think it came on at seven. So, no, it came on at seven. Yeah, so it came on three hours early. I'm sorry. So let's keep in mind the rampage came on three hours early because of the basketball, uh, because of All Star weekend. But also keep in mind the rampage is already taped on top of that on Wednesdays when they do Dynamite. So. You know, Tony's doing whatever, probably working on something for his like, you know, soccer team, or whatever. And he get he gets on Twitter and says, "Area Hawaii, you're a fraud." And the first thing I thought to myself when I saw it, the first thing I thought when I saw it, I kept saying to myself, "I said it's no way that I'm seeing this right now." I was I was a little under the influence. So I was convinced that I was just, you know, a little too toasted and that I was seeing things. So and I was just randomly scrolling. So I just started laughing. I said, oh, my gosh. So I scrolled back to take a look. And sure enough, (laughs) sure enough, Tony Khan is having a full blown meltdown. Now I was the first thing, first of all, I, I was slightly confused for a second because the first thing I said to myself is, well, wow, that's like a, a huge jump. Like, like, like how do you just like you just blatantly call somebody a fraud? Like I just I, I just thought it was weird. But the point is, his tweet said, Ariel Hawaii, you're a fraud, and you're just as you're as legitimate of a reporter as Tony Shavani. Now, I was very confused by this because the first thing I said was, (laughs) well, after my initial, you know, uh, moment of shock, the first thing I said after that was, I said, damn, so you gonna trash your own staff like that just to try to get back at him? And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is gonna be awkward when Tony Schiavone sees him at work because you just buried your own comment you just buried one of your own commentators and interviewers on the show because you're mad and I'm like if I'm Tony Schiavone I'm definitely gonna say something to him when I see him like I wouldn't send a text or anything I would definitely have to wait till I would see the person to say something in that particular type of situation and I'm just like boy like The more more time that goes by, and a lot of people are not going to agree with this, but I'm here to call a spade a spade. The more time that goes by, the more I feel like we're really seeing Tony Khan's true colors. And it sucks to say that because, I mean, in all actuality, I feel like Tony Khan is a, he seems like a really nice guy. He seems like he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But he has a problem he's one of those people he doesn't like to be wrong he acts like he can't be wrong about anything and I hate those type of people like the funny thing is people think I'm that type of person like oh you just don't want to be wrong you just don't like to be wrong nobody likes to be wrong but I know how to accept when I'm wrong like I may not be happy about it but I know how to accept it and Tony Conjures he takes everything personal so well I'm <clears> just
1: <throat> reading up on it because I wasn't too familiar with it Um, so I guess he did an interview with him that Owani here didn't like, he said he came off. Oh, today. so you
0: didn't know about the interview thing originally either.
1: No, I hadn't read up on the oh, interview. Oh, so okay. I thought I, so yeah. I
0: thought you knew about the interview thing this whole time. So yeah, a few months ago they, you know, Tony came on, they did an interview. Tony literally wanted to answer nothing. Every time Ariel asked him something, it was, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Or I can't talk about that. oh, Or, you know, I just, I don't think I want to talk about it. Oh, well, let's talk about something. He would not just straight up answer a question. And I remember sitting there thinking, because, like, I want to say I was on Twitter at the time. And I saw it streaming live. Or I was on YouTube. I can't remember. But I saw it streaming. And I remember sitting there looking at Ariel's face. And I was like, he is pissed. Like, you could tell he was pissed, and he. I mean, clearly, Ariel Hawani is like one of the most mild mannered people I have ever seen in my life. Like, again, well, I'm like,
1: reading up here now how Jonathan Coachman says how Hawani is banned from USC events, and the flash wrestlers don't really like him.
0: Well, first um, of all, because that's how he, he
1: behaves around them. Now, I'm, I'm, saying I'm just reading. Just like I said, I'm just reading up on this.
0: Well, that's not why he got. You. Know. Okay, Ariel um... got banned. Ariel got banned because when Brock Lesnar originally was coming back to UFC, Ariel Hawaii broke the story. You know, put it out. You know, for you know, on the net and everything. Dana White took it personal and he was like, Oh, you're leaking information, nobody was supposed to know. Woo, woo. Dana White feels like it messed up the event, all this and that. Now, Dana White says that as long as he's there, the band will hold for Ariel Hawaii. My issue with the situation is that how are you upset? Now, granted, that was a while back when Brock went back to the UFC. So clearly this was some time ago. But here's my thing. Why are you upset with him particularly when you know this is a particular thing that people get paid to do? And on top of the on top of the fact that now, granted, not at the time, but Dana White has a pretty decent relationship with WWE. So, you especially with people in wrestling, you know, that with the wrestling community, that's how most people are like, it doesn't, they don't care about somebody else's job, they just trying to get information that other people don't got. And it's like, but that's the whole thing of celebrity to begin with, you know. I mean, now I'm not saying it's right or wrong necessarily in this situation. All I'm saying is that he was really just mad at Ariel for doing his job. Now, granted, there may have been more to the story that we haven't heard. But I feel like unless he told Ariel himself, like, okay, well, I'll tell you, but don't tell anybody, or this is off the record or whatever, unless that ever happened, I don't see the purpose of him being mad. Yes, it sucked, because, you know, it would have been a good surprise, but, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, again, it could be more to a story that hasn't been made known, but if this situation is as simple as they make it seem, then... I think this is a situation where Dana White is just overreacting, but we shall see.
1: Um well I'm just reading through this, and I guess this guy's not the most well-liked guy anyway. So just like I said, I'm not familiar with him or his work. So I really well, can't speak
0: I've on
1: seen. what he, you know, does. Well, I mean, well, I've seen him pop up on, you know, a little WWE segment of uh, introduce something or something, but you know, I never really did no deep dive into what he actually does.
0: Well, um, I mean from what so I really see, don't have an
1: opinion either way on I don't on the really guy. see
0: people bad mouthing him or anything. So I mean if this is the case of you know people not like him whatever that's news to most people because I mean generally speaking anytime you hear his name usually is good stuff being said. So this is kind of a surprise to me but Honestly, when I earlier I never hear the guy's name. <laughs> I, well, the point being I guess like I earlier, don't I don't I don't
1: follow the stuff you follow, but yeah. I mean
0: I just I tend to hear things and then I follow up on them with a Google search, all this and that. But the point being is um I saw earlier with Jonathan Coachman, uh, you know, where he commented on it. And here's my thing with coach. I've never been a fan of coach. You know, granted, you know, a lot of some people may have, you know, rise with them because, like, oh, the black guy, you know, and that's cool and everything, but this is a situation where the black car not gonna get you solidarity instantly with me. I've never cared for coach. He was always corny and he always came out corny. And it's not you could tell he just don't act like that on TV. That's clearly his personality, because even when I see him on ESPN and stuff, I'm just like he's still corny but for him to you know sit here and say like you know Ariel Helwani made some mockery and all this stuff and you know like well oh you know ESPN didn't know that he was banned from UFC when they hired him okay so what that's on ESPN for not doing their homework so shame on whoever you know didn't see the you know who over whoever missed that who you know oversight you know hopefully they got in trouble for that or you know got a little write up or whatever but regardless, his job is to provide for his family, get the check. He got the check. It was on ESPN for not doing their homework. He covers MMA, he covers, you know, wrestling. I've personally never seen where he's made a mockery. I feel like Coach is just bitter because when WWE brought him back, they saw it wasn't working out, and they just let him go, and c- clearly nobody cared because you see nobody, oh, we well, hire Coach back. And I do remember everybody being like, dang, that was kind of quick, but nobody cared. They brought him back and then let I him mean, go. I thought he
1: left for UFC anyway.
0: I mean, well, I mean, we- no, I mean
1: ESPN, I should say.
0: Well, originally, that was the thing, but, you know, then it was a few years ago, a couple years ago when they, you know, brought him back, because, you know, remember, everybody thought he was just back for that pay-per-view. I can't remember what pay-per-view it was. I want to say it was WrestleMania, but, yeah, I think it was WrestleMania. Everybody thought he was just back for that, but he was actually there, and then, you know, they released him, and then, you know, whatever. The point being is, Jonathan Coachman, I don't know what he's talking about, but he's just embarrassing himself, because nobody really liked him to begin with, Um. But back to the tweet. So, yeah, Tony Khan made a tweet, you know, saying the area was a fraud and he was as legitimate as a reporter, Tony Schiavone. It was weird just because why would you bury your own staff by saying that? And then he tagged Tony Schiavone in the tweet as well. Like, you're not only are you going to sit here and you're going to downgrade your own staff, like, will degrade your own staff like that, and... Then you gonna sit here and tag him on top of that? I was just like, "What is his issue?" Well,
1: hopefully he he had talked to him beforehand. Hey, he said that I get what he's saying. Like, hey, we all know Tony Shavani is a well.
0: Wait, well let me well, fade well,
1: interview. Wait,
0: give me a second. Let me get to mm-hmm. Ariel's response. So Ariel responded the next. Oh, wait, no, not the next day. He responded a couple hours later. He said, thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for our next chat. And then, parentheses, he put, also, don't listen to the snowman, Shivani. You're a legend in my books. Now nah, I popped when he said... Because <laughs> the first thing I said, I said, Tony Yayo is at it again. I just... I <laughs> I just I don't understand, but I'm sorry, continue with what you were saying. I just wanted to make sure everybody got both sides of the
1: tweet there. Oh, well, no, I was saying I hopefully he had cleared that with Shivani anyway, before he it. sent it. And uh I mean, that's just saying I, I get what he's saying that Shivani is a kayfabe interviewer. So, you know, he's but you're not doing a, a
0: disservice le- to your own product by doing that just because you're upset.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hopefully he said something to him beforehand, like, "Hey, I'm about to do this." I mean, if he didn't, hey, it's 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 bad. But uh, all I see is a whole bunch of nothing, really.
0: (laughs) I mean, even the whole situation
1: is to me is a whole bunch of nothing.
0: It's just Tony always in his feelings, always getting upset. He takes everything personal. Like, why are you so upset that Ariel Hawaii? is at a WWE event, you don't see WWE sitting here crying that Dave Meltzer is up your butt every freaking five minutes and some of these other people that just want to be marks and stuff. And you know it's got to be serious because I don't even like using the word marks. But it's just just ridiculous, just utterly ridiculous. He always has to let his personal feelings just Make him look like a fool, and then what really made me pop was, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but just to briefly get ahead of ourselves here <laughs> on the on the premium line. event at the elimination chamber, when Ariel popped up, and Michael Cole on commentary says, "Oh, the unbiased Ariel Hawaii, who gives you uh with the with the great interview questions, whether you want to answer them or not." I almost fell out. I was like, oh, my God. And, and again, I'm under the influence. So I'm just like, oh, my God, Am I imagine something? And then when I saw other people saying something, because I had made a tweet about it. And then when other people started saying something about it, I said, oh, my God. I said, this really happened. It was so funny, like I popped, but I was kind of like, "Dang, it was, it was a lot going on with that. It, it was a lot going on with that." And I mean, it it kind of set social media on fire. Um, so just wanted to link all those things together so people get the full view of that. Um, but speaking of lighting things on fire, uh, let's get to this because this was, I'm not even gonna say it was this is still big talk. Um a few uh, here we go, a couple of weeks later. Um Cody Rose comes out Monday night raw. <clears throat> comes out Monday night raw. So this is two weeks before the elimination chamber. And you know, he's you know talking about, hey, just won the rumble you know, I'm I'm ready to head to WrestleMania, you know, I got to do this, I got to finish my story, you know, I, you know, it's possible that I might be at WrestleMania with Sami Zayn, because, you know, Rome was putting the belts out on the line at the chamber, and here comes none other than Paul Heyman. I knew that they were gonna have to do this at some point before Mania. So I was anticipating it. I honestly didn't. Um, I figured if anything, it would probably be maybe the following week or the week after that. Like basically, so either this week or last week, I figured it would have been the time they did that interaction. Um, but you know, I the first thing I said when I heard Heyman, I started immediately thinking, you remember the promo with Cena and uh, Heyman when Heyman started doing John Cena's music? Mm-hmm. The first thing I said to myself, I said, there's no way that, I said, there's no way that he's going to get away with doing this another time. I said, it's just, I said, I'ma still pop. But I was like, it'd just, it'd just make it seem too fake and phony. Like, I just don't want it to be over the top. So, you know, he comes out and I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm like, man, this is going to be so good. I I can feel it in the air. And this segment did not disappoint. The segment went long, the segment from Cody's entrance, you know, from the beginning from Cody's entrance on up to when the segment ended, when Cody left this was like a good 20 20 somewhere between 20 and 22 minutes long this one you know cody's entrance and the segment ended and it did not feel long that was the thing it was so enjoyable it did not feel long um but did you get a chance to catch this segment
1: yeah I, i did i mean it was a a good promo um had a lot of truth to it i mean I guess those are the best promos when you kind of mix the kayfabe with the with with reality, um, about uh, you know Roman being the son Dusty he always wanted and you know things like that. Uh, but yeah, it was it's a good promo. Uh, I don't just say it was a good promo. I don't think I loved it as much as some did, but it was it was good.
0: It was a fantastic uh, promo, great segment. I was here for it because it helps elevates Cody's stock even more, helps put him over even more. Cody always comes out dressed really nice, which I love. He always looks good in the suits. I'm always also a fan of long coat Cody. I'm I'm a fan of long coat Cody. I will say, somebody said something on Twitter that, made me laugh and I and I the first thing I said after I laughed, I said, but they have a point. Every time Cody wears a long coat, you know he's gonna be in the ring with somebody serious. You know, this time it was Hey man, before it was Sting, you know, it's it's always it's always something big when Cody wears a long coats and this, you know, this looks really good. Um I was, man, for me, this was just nostalgia because i didn't necessarily watch ecw growing up i would catch bits and pieces sometimes when i was like flipping through looking for other stuff sometimes i would catch it and it was just never my thing which is most likely why i don't care much for that type of style stuff and death matches and stuff like that which is you know most likely why i feel that way about that type of wrestling but you know, I never got into ECW, but there was people that I saw and things that I saw, and I remembered and was like, "Oh, this is interesting," and you know, it made me curious to want to see the people again, a person. Um, so, you know, I was like, "Okay." So, when like you know, back in the day when the invasion storyline happened, like I was wasn't fully aware of everything, but I knew enough to be like, "Okay, I know it's you know to a degree going on," and that's how I felt here. And I'm just like, "Okay, now." Granted, I I can't say I was one of those people to say, hey, I remember watching this on TV when Dusty showed up on ECW. Like, I wasn't, you know, watching necessarily ECW. I would, like I said, catch bits and pieces, but... You know, as I got a little older and, you know, with, you know, looking to stuff and, you know, hear stuff and, you know, see stuff, I learned about it. And, of course, you know, went back and watched it and stuff. So I, I can't say that I was in the stage of I actually watched that. But, you know, still the same. I understand the moment. I've seen the footage. I understood how I felt when I saw it. I understood how the audience felt when it was happening. I, I get the shebang. I'm, I'm on, like, I'm on board. I'm following Um, you know, then, you know, Cody, you know, and to the people that's been watching and following everything Cody has done since he's been back was aware of this part. You know, Cody mentions how his family went broke and you know how, you know, Heyman came at a time where their family needed it and he came through for them and you know, how Cody just appreciated, yes, that the money helps his family, but most importantly, that it helped his dad get his confidence back. And that was something that was invaluable, and Cody can never repay him for that. And that felt genuine, and it felt real, and it's, you know, you feel the adrenaline going, and I'm like, man, this is good. And it's just like the more they talked, and then when Haman, you know, he kind of stands off to the side for a moment and kind of – Kind of like, oh boy, he like, oh, he got me, like, oh, get it together, Paul. Like, you know, like kind of like you're giving himself a pep talk because he got caught off guard. And Heyman knows how to put you in those moments. And that's what's important. That's that's what's lacking in the business so much that is people being able to take you on that ride, which Heyman does so well, is being able to help the characters and even himself just help take the people on that ride and, you know, he's, oh, you're good, and, oh, you know, I'm here to talk business, and you got me on my personal level, and, you know, it was just a really, really, really good segment, and like you said, there's so much true to it, and, you know, the chorus, Paul, got to get that zinger in at the end, and does the mic drop, and I love how Cody stayed true to, Cody helped bring that full circle when he You know, he walked up to him and, you know, he made him shake his hand. And he said, you're not going to pay for it, Mr. Heyman. And I was like, I said, well, damn. Cody helped bring, he did his part. He helped bring that whole moment back full circle by just throwing in that, you're not going to pay for it, Mr. Heyman. I said, this is just brilliant. I was... Man, I rewatched that so many times just because the feeling it gave me. I said this is just electric, you know. And I said it's just you can't look at this and think that it should be Sammy going over at Elimination Chamber. But we'll get there in a minute. Um, but Gray segment. I man, and it has got it got over a million views on YouTube in less than two days just to throw that out there people and it's and it's still growing um what have you been thinking about this uh rock and bobby build up i I'm a little confused by it it's a, it's a little i like i i get the i get the destination but the but the trip itself is a mess. what do you think about this?
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's probably the weakest match uh, to me that they had on that uh, particular event. Um,
0: well, outside I'm, of the outside of the premium live event, I'm just talking about the build up to get there. Even the build up was weak and weird. And uh, yeah, he like, comes up.
1: I mean, you you got Brock Lesnar, and you don't want to put him in a title scene, so you gotta do something with him. And it just feels like they just don't know what to do. So it's Look. like okay, we we always wanted Lashley and uh, Brock for years, but this this ain't it. It's all But here's the problem.
0: The problem is what they did. You had the when they fought. You had Brock. You had Brock go over last time. You had Bobby go over the first time, which I'm not complaining about. I was happy it should have happened. The second time you got Brock going over, but here's the problem. They didn't prepare, or I'll say didn't properly prepare for okay, what is going to be Brock's bone of contention? Because what is the point of Brock being mad at Bobby after you beat him? Because if Pat, if people we're going off of Brock's, chatter, w- was, was the he,
1: motivation him just getting thrown out at the Rumble? Was that the motivation? Was that was, what it's supposed to be?
0: Well, I'm saying like that, like. It's not enough. It would have only, I would have only been okay with that. But you got to remember, even really before that, Brock had started showing up, acting a fool with Bobby, which made no sense. And that was before the Rumble. So like, yeah, it kind of helped by him eliminating Brock in the Rumble, but it kind of made no sense because it was like, okay, you threw me out the rumble. That's kind of a good reason, but you had already beat me before that. And then you started attacking me before then. And then it's like, so it really, it, it really has it's, a it's shaky foundation at best. It's shaky foundation at best. And that's my problem. The build-up has been weak. You can't just, and as much as people are loving Cowboy Brock, and I'm not, I've never been a Brock Lesnar fan per se. Like, I'll sometimes watch with him. I mean, him. I'm happy
1: that he's got a mic and he's not just standing there just bouncing in place. I, I
0: mean, yeah. For him. Just being so. a show dog. But my issue is, it's like, his promo kind of went off the rails and it was kind of like, okay, I get the point you were getting at, but he took so long getting there that when he finally did, I kind of forgot what he was talking about.
1: I mean, I guess that's the appeal of, the, of his particular promos is that they you know are, are often illogical. <laughs>
0: you know, just like <laughs> that Bray he, that Wyatt he just did just like Bray Wyatt. You and, know, people
1: just want to hear Brock talk and then talk about who who he gonna beat up and that's about it, you know.
0: I mean, so, he was probably better off with having a mouthpiece. I mean, granny he has you he, he has an infectious personality. He has the type of personality that intrigues you enough to wanna see more. So I get it But a lot of it is just too choppy. But since I did, you know, compare it to Bray Wyatt, because as much as I hate to admit, Bray Wyatt, his promos, I usually say are good because they always are enough for me to care. Because I'm like, man, what is he talking about? Because he always sounds passionate. He always sounds serious. So it's hard not to want to invest in Bray Wyatt. But my issue with Bray Wyatt, which has really always been my issue with Bray Wyatt, is that, yes, I can get past the promos not making sense. I can definitely get past that. What I can't get past, however, is that nobody ever comes out these situations for the better. Nobody.
1: No, because have we even seen him since that match?
0: Yes. He was just on SmackDown.
1: Oh, I didn't watch it. Like... But...
0: And and it was weird, but we won't even touch that because it was pointless. But that's like that's the thing. Like, like I said a few shows ago, I've never been a fan of Bray Wise, but I've always I've been a supporter because he's always done enough for me to be interested, to pique my interest to say, well, let me see what he's going let me see what's gonna happen here. And especially if he's working somebody that, you know, I do have a lot of interest in. Like, of course, with the whole thing with him and Randy Orton, now, how am I not going to watch a Randy Orton match, you know? But, you know, for the, like, with the L.A. Knight thing, I only watched the match with L.A. Knight because I was curious to see what they were going to do this time with Bray Wyatt. I was like, are they going to keep him as Bray Wyatt But at this, at least at the very least this time, try to make the match make sense with the booking, and just don't just do all this weird stuff. And so far, I'm starting to get... I I started getting disappointed, like, maybe a week before Rumble. Maybe a week or two before Rumble, I started getting to the point where I was like, okay, this clearly has no payoff, like we thought. I've lost interest. I don't really care that his promos don't make sense, because they okay let me say it like this for at least from my point of view it's not that I don't think Bray Wyatt's promos don't make sense because even though what he says never actually gets to a point I always get what he's saying I always know exactly what he means so for me it's not an issue with his promos so for people who have issues with promos I understand I understand why they can have an issue with it, but I just personally don't have an issue with the promos because even though there's not necessarily a point, I understand what he's saying. So I'm like, oh, okay, and I can roll with it. But when it comes to his matches and his segments where it's not just him talking, it does nothing for nobody besides make them look bad. And if, if yeah. this is where they went through all the trouble to get him back for it, now I'm kind of mad they did it.
1: Yeah, I mean the build-up to his matches is always better than the payoff. Um, you know, the promos, the threatening and all that stuff, and the, the you know, the shocking and awe, the everything that they do, but then you get to the match, and it's always underwhelming, because it never lives up to the expectations that they set. That so is a that perfect is thing what to say, the,
0: underwhelming. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, that's just the problem that he's always had. Um, and just like I said, now that he he was gonna pivot to somebody else now for WrestleMania season. I mean, I don't know what the plan is, uh, <laughs> but well, uh, I mean, see? I mean, I've always, you know, liked Bray Wyatt because I think he's a creative man, and but yeah, the payoff is just never what it should be th- for the match and. That's always to me been a problem. With There's
0: been a couple of times where I've felt like there was a payoff with the match when he had the title match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I, it was I, no payoff today. I
0: thought, but you know, honestly, that was one of the few times that the person didn't look bad at the end. That was one, of, and honestly, with LA Knight, even though he's not necessarily like a top guy,
1: nobody came out that Randy Orton match looking good. I that was a sense. bad. It was a it was a bad match, with the, know, with the, with the stupid stupid slat projector worm projector and. But it was know, a bad match.
0: Were, people were invested though because of the story, so that I feel like that's the only reason why they got away with it. So, um, Randy, and then gosh, I just forgot the other person I was about to say. Jesus Christ, we'll we'll come back to that. Oh, and the match with Taker, the the match with Taker again I mean it's Undertaker it's gonna be nearly impossible to have him coming out of something looking that bad I mean outside of that salty match but um yeah like Randy and Taker were the only two that were able to escape unscathed because of the equity in their names and I mean mainly with the story with Randy with Taker it's just I mean it's Taker so you know, but um speaking of which also with Ray Wyatt, what confused me and what really irritated me, which is the more important thing, he comes out and he does a promo and he legitimately says and clearly says, Bobby Brock, whichever one of you win, I will be right there. Okay, but why? What What is your bone of contention? What is your issue? You have no legitimate issue with Bobby. You have no legitimate issue with Brock. I can maybe kind of see a point if it was a title in the picture and then it could be like, well, oh, of course, he just wants to be the top guy. Okay, but this is just, this is personal between Brock and Bobby. This is personal. We, I, I get the foundation of their story. This is supposed to be personal. But where does that bring in Wyatt? That it made absolutely no sense. This was one of the few times I could not defend a promo of his because it literally made no sense.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to. You talking about a Bray Wyatt promo?
0: Yeah, uh, well, you said you didn't watch SmackDown. On oh, Smackdown, no, I didn't. So,
1: yeah, I didn't. So, yeah, yeah. on
0: SmackDown, he comes out does his little, you know, does he interrupted Hit Row so he didn't do the whole interest. It was a quick little thing. But he shows up with Uncle Howdy and, and the crow and the pig and whatever and he, you know, he does a little promo and says, you know, Bobby Brock, whichever one of you wins, just know right after I'll be there for whichever one of you and it's like okay but what what is the point what is the bone of contention this is a personal issue between Bobby and Brock where do you come in what now granted I can possibly kind of see what his issue with Brock will be there is some slight history there but it was so long ago most people are not going to remember and honestly it wasn't that big of a deal so nobody's really going to remember it and it kind of seems stupid to be honest but with Bobby you have no legitimate beef with Bob. Like, what is the bone of contention here
1: well they don't have a plan and they just got to they have to have him at <gasps> Wrestlemania doing something so they got to pivot and you got to have Broughton doing something at Wrestlemania so well, like I said they, well, they we'll just the don't Broughton have a plan thing.
0: We'll get to the Brock and uh, we'll get back to Brock and Bobby in a second. We'll get to that, so keep that part in mind because I'm gonna pick your brain on that and not and uh, not too long from here. Um, uh, we don't want to skip that. Okay, so let me ask you about this. Let's briefly squit. Uh, I was about to say squitch, and that's not a word. Um, what do you think about this build up confrontation between MJF and Danielson? Because personally, I hate it. There's it's shaky at best, and granted, to some degree, I get it. MJL's been off shooting a movie, so his schedule is limited, it's only so much he can do. So it's kind of like self building up to WrestleMania by itself to some degree because you got one guy that's there all the time, you got another guy that's there that's not really there. So to some degree, I get it, but it's like the buildup has just been so trash because it's like all Tony Khan does is recycle all his ideas, like, every couple weeks. Like, why is it that every time somebody wants any type of big match with MJF, or sometimes just a match in general, they gotta run some type of gauntlet, they gotta do some type of to-do, honey
1: to-do list,
0: and I...
1: I mean, the gauntlet things kind of run this course. I mean, you had Jericho run a gauntlet for MJF, and uh, I think Cody had to do it way back in the day at the beginning. Um... So right when Warlow first came in. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, he had to run one. So I guess that's kind of what MJF's thing is. But I mean, it's got old. I can't say I. But you know, Daniel Bryan's so good. You it's like you can't say no to seeing him. But you can know, you even say
0: that?
1: Ru- Roosh, Roosh and uh, who else he had to go against uh, Roush. Uh...
0: um he had to go against it's, Rouge. He went against uh a, He went against uh, um oh my gosh, I'm blanking it's on been, the other side. There's been quite
1: a few people. There's been like what four or five people. Um
0: and the only two that were worth it down was uh was Rouge. I was surprised that Rouge Rouge was actually
1: pretty good i mean roosh is good anyway what you talking about
0: i mean I mean, well since he's been with aw i mean he hasn't really done anything that much of well no, but this
1: yeah they they haven't had, had, had him had nothing to do they finally gave him something to do
0: right but that's why i'm saying i was impressed so i'm gonna have to keep my eyes on roosh and see what's going on i liked what i saw the only other match that uh danielson had that was worth damn was with uh Kasano shake take I cannot... oh gosh I can I never get it right when I say oh, it back. Oh, Takeshda.
1: Yeah, yeah Takeshda. T- yeah, yeah. I forgot he had Takeshda.
0: Yeah, right? those were the only two matches that were worth a damn.
1: I mean, it was probably the two better best people because he started off. Ah, uh, I'm trying to remember who you started off with.
0: That's how you know it's bad. We can't match. even remember who the other people were. Wasn't I Brian mean, Cage one of the people?
1: Yeah, I believe, yeah, Cage, yep, yep. Which Mm -hmm. was a terrible
0: match!
1: I think, yeah, Cage, Takeshita, Boosh. So I don't think, it hasn't been anybody from the outside, right? This has all been, yeah, it's all been people who are actually on a roster.
0: And I honestly, I cannot remember who, I know Cage, I just I don't remember
1: who. I mean, that's Cage how you know. be in and out so much. That's why I'm forgetting about him.
0: And <laughs> the only reason why I remember him is because he looks like a freaking idiot. Whoever is telling this guy that he is a star is lying. To, they are the best snake oil salesman in the world. Whoever
1: is telling him Cage he's a is star. not that bad. He's a big guy. He moves well for a big guy. Nobody's and, you
0: disagreeing know, with that, but he looks like an imbecile.
1: Most 90% of wrestlers look like imbeciles. What are you talking about?
0: He looks like a complete <laughs> imbecile. Like the he looks like one of those idiots at the gym that just does all these dumb exercises and he's probably on steroids anyway, but he just wants to make people feel stupid because he's coming in the gym looking like he looks like one of those guys. I'm not saying that he does When you at on the surface at first glance, looking at him, you like, okay, this guy's in really good shape. When you see him move in the ring, it's like, oh my god, he can do all this great stuff. But here's the problem: there's a reason why you hardly ever saw John Cena do certain stuff because you look
1: stupid.
0: Anytime I saw John Cena throw a drop kit, I always was like, you look
1: ridiculous. That guy, Brian Cage, is way more athletic than John Cena. That's not
0: the issue at hand. That's not the issue at hand is what is going to make you not look stupid, what's going to look believable, and what's going to help you be a star. Everything that he thinks he's doing right is the total – he looks – Ridiculous. The hair. The beard. The and I don't need the mustache beard cage thing. I don't even know what to call it because it's almost something different every time you see him. He looks like an idiot. He looks I mean, like some guy they pulled off of, you know, pulled off of Venice Beach and said, hey, hey, throw on the trunks and we we got we need somebody for a match. He just looks like some Randall Juice head they stole from Venice Beach. It's nothing special about him.
1: Timothy Thatcher. That was the other one I was trying to remember. Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher.
0: I kept yeah. saying Thatcher in my head. And I'm like, why am I saying Catch?" It was Timothy Thatcher. Yeah, because
1: I knew, I was like, somebody had came in, but yeah, Timothy Thatcher, yeah.
0: And I still feel like we're forgetting somebody, but besides the point. No, it was
1: one, Tikeshta, uh Cage, Tim Thatcher, and Roosh.
0: And it was one other person, right?
1: No, those were the four because this past. I week, thought it
0: was five.
1: Uh, it's been four Maybe so I'm far. Maybe I'm thinking
0: of a different match.
1: No, it's it's getting forced. That's
0: how her. you see. This how you know they do it too much because I can't even. It's too many. Just they need to because stop.
1: Because this anymore. past week it was just um, Christopher Daniels when MJF bought him out. Oh yeah, to talk the bad promo. about him. And then you know, that's that's what it was. So yeah, he didn't have a match this week.
0: I mean. I feel like the MJF Danielson match can be... It's, I mean, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Or at least I oh, well. Let me not say it's gonna be. It has to be good. Because everything at this point has been lackluster. So they have to... It's it's no other choice but to deliver for that match. Because the build-up has been so lackluster, it makes you not even want to care about the match.
1: I don't think it's a way that they can't... I mean, Brian's the consummate professional. And, um, I mean, mean, MJF is, you know, he's going to do what he does. So, I mean, I think they'll put on a a pretty good, uh, especially for that. I guess this is the first Ironman match for AEW.
0: I think so. I want to
1: say so. I mean, I I think they'll make it a banger.
0: Well, we'll see. Because, to be honest, Danielson hasn't done much of anything great since he's been with the company. So, everything He hasn't done
1: anything great. His hangman matches I last said year?
0: much of anything great.
1: His hangman, ma- we just was talking about the Roosh match.
0: I said <laughs> much of anything great.
1: Uh, he, he 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 did get injured for part of it, so
0: you asked like have I just said he that. ain't you asked like I just said he ain't did nothing great. I said much of anything great. I'm just saying basically he's done some good stuff, but nothing you did do- enough
1: to him. The Moxley matches, come please. on, please. Please. Him in a Moxley matches? What are you talking about?
0: Almost everything that John Moxley touches is a mess.
1: Oh, you got your mind? You ain't I'm lost tired. your mind on this on this program.
0: I'm tired of the you lost of the constant blading. I'm tired of the gotta be on the floor for seven minutes of the match. It's always. This, all this death match crap I'm tired of it I've never been a fan of it. And, it and it irritates me the most because I know he can do so much better that's the only reason that it frustrates me with him because he always finds a way even when I think he can't make somebody look bad he will make them look bad and it sucks because I know he's capable of so much more who has he fact- made look bad listen that last match him and Danielson had was not was not uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um you know what? I'll say I'll say this. I was so disappointed. Matter of fact, I'll say it even better. I just thought of a better way to say it. I'll say it like this overall. They're both great talents. Danielson more because of how He's a great wrestling mind, especially when it comes to the M ring stuff max he has he has the experience, he has the connections, just like Danielson does he's a really good talker and it's not that you know Danielson isn't isn't necessarily a great talker but he's good enough when you give him something that's good even if it's something decent he'll usually make it really good and I will give him that but Moxley is more of the talker he knows how to make you feel something but the problem is he doesn't have a leash right now and I'm tired of all the death match stuff I'm tired of him just looking honestly I feel like I'm watching a high school guy do a wrestling show in his backyard most of the time when I'm watching Moxley's matches and it's embarrassing because he has so much potential and he's just wasting it by doing a lot of this crap that's not needed I'm sick of the constant bleeding like there's no reason why you should be bleeding in every match it is I mean hey
1: he's just keeping up the Cody tradition that's all
0: just and I hated it when Cody did it too. but let's get off of that. the we'll we'll see what happens with that match. I'm not gonna go into it with any expectations because the buildup has been so lackluster with MJF and Danielson. I'm gonna keep an open mind because it's MJF and Danielson so I'm pretty sure it's no way they're gonna mess this up. but you know the buildup has been so lackluster I just don't want to get my hopes up so I guess we'll see. Um, moving along. Uh since we're on uh I guess since we're talking about uh Danielson and Moxley, what is going on with Claudio? What is going on with Claudio?
1: As in well, I mean what? they said they wasn't gonna have the Ring Honor stuff on TV as much, so he is a ring honor champion. But he gets um, to,
0: but here's the he, thing.
1: He, he makes Not his God. appearances from from, from from you know the backup. You but know the combat club. He just had that. a match with uh with him <laughs> and Moxley against Rush and uh was he that
0: Rush and uh Tony Khan was asking like he was going to be the next hot thing, just for what to have just for him to be basically used the same way he was used with WWE. Waste of time. Waste of time and talent. He's just just a waste. Honestly, is I love Claudio. I think he's a talent. I think it was bad. The events never did more with him. I was hoping that Vince would see the light, especially after he had that, you know, WrestleMania match, you know, that single for, you know, when he had his uh, first and only ever singles WrestleMania match, I thought, you know, finally Vince was turning the corner with him. And I mean, granny, he did, not which led him to be in here with AEW. And, you know, I wish, Tony, I wish people would see Tony Khan for what he is. Like he's playing, He he's a kind man to some degree and he's playing the long game he's not is he's not like the best boss ever like most people say he does a lot of shady stuff and people just choose to overlook it just because they want to and it's ridiculous he brought in claudio like he was his big deal and like he was going to do so much for his career but it's like i mean granted a lot of it is on the talent i get that so let's not even go there
1: I mean, he is a world champion. He is holding the world championship. Uh, but what? Right but now.
0: but can you remember that honestly? Because how often do we see him? How much TV time does he get? Dan Housen gets more TV time than Claudia. How is this possible? I
1: mean, that's Dan Housen, though. Come on, that's the, the hometown guy. guy. You gotta, you gotta root for the hometown guy.
0: I'm so glad there's sarcasm there.
1: I'm not I being do- sarcastic at all. You gotta root for the hometown guy. It's
0: I'm a Dan
1: Housen. I'm a Dan Housen guy. It's
0: utterly ridiculous that you will put more time into somebody like Dan Housen or Orange Punch, Orange Stupid. When you got somebody, Orange like Cassidy is
1: hours. on a uh, streak right now. He's been putting on good matches, ridiculous. elevating an unnecessary uh, title.
0: I would definitely not use the word
1: elevate. He's elevated an unnecessary title that they uh mid card title that it wasn't needed. It has
0: not been elevated. It has not been risen up in stock. It's still he's kept
1: a- it relevant. Relevant? People forget
0: that it's on a- people even forget that it's a title.
1: Yeah it but yet he keeps having title matches though. I'm a, which every, makes every it week.
0: even worse which makes it even so worse. he's keeping it, have, it
1: out so it's, so so how's it forgetting if it's on T V every week
0: he having all these title matches, and get the internet is still like, "Oh dang, I forgot they even had this title." That lets you know how relevant he's keeping that title, and how he how relevant. He I is mean,
1: he that. he's bigger than you know that particular title. He just happened to be holding it, but he's he putting would not on have a job goodness.
0: if I was in charge. That's for sure.
1: Well, that's a good thing that you're not in charge, then, right?
0: He would definitely not have a job. Um, speaking of which, where is, I couldn't wait to get to this. Um, so Jade Cargill recently, I believe it was a week ago, made a comment on, uh, on social media, well, on Twitter, she made a tweet saying that, you know, she feels like she's ready for new competition, which makes absolutely no sense because aren't they always claiming that you're getting new competition but whatever uh, the main point being here she's you know she says she's ready to work with the top women like Britt Baker and Jamie Hader and Soraya and Tony Storm and all this here's my issue Jay Cargill she has the look but that's it she has the look she has still not improved in the ring she's at this point she's been stagnant for a year There's nothing that has improved about her ring skills within the last year. Yes, she did a couple little spots within the last month that had, you know, the internet talking for like a half of a day. But the issue is, how are you expected to work with the top females? You're standing on this, oh, I'm 50 and oh, I'm 50 and oh. You're only 50 and oh because that's what Tony wants. If this was strictly up to talent, you would not be 50 and oh, sweetheart. Jade has a lot of potential But as of right now That's all it is And just because somebody has potential Doesn't mean they can act on it Doesn't mean they can bring it to fruition And I'm starting to get the idea With Jade that she cannot bring her Potential to fruition Because there has been no improvement Which is sad Because she has has the it factor She looks good She knows how to dress Her my skills need some work But, I mean, a lot of people can't, you know, don't have good mic skills and still get over. So, I can, to some degree, let it slide. But, as of right now, all she has is her look. That's all she has because her promo skills are bad. Her m ring skills are subpar at best. It's like, you can't sit here and Tony has really put himself in a situation to where... He's gonna look bad no matter what because you look stupid. For some people are gonna say, "Well, why wasn't she in the you know the why wasn't she working with the top females you know quicker, you know why wasn't she already working with the top females?" But when you see her matches, you're like, "Oh, I wouldn't let her in the ring with my top talent," and then they get injured or, you know, the matches would be tell. I have never seen a good Jay Cardio match. Never the closest. I mean, the
1: squash matches have been have gotten old I mean I get what she's saying she want to get better so she wants to work with why aren't you
0: training then because here's my thing I'm not saying that she's not training but what training are you doing because whatever you've been doing for the last 365 days has done nothing to improve your in-ring skill. So you're telling me that it took you 365 days to say, oh, well, I I feel like I'm ready to start working with the top talent. Sweetheart, you're not even ready to work with the low-card talent. I will take Sky Blue over Jade Cargill on in-ring skill alone any day because Jade Cargill has nothing as far as in-ring skill. All she has is power and a good look. She has nothing else. I would take Sky Blue over her in a second as far as in-ring skill. If it was no Tony to play Booker, none of the EVPs playing Booker, and it was just straight off of in-ring skill, I would take Sky Blue over her.
1: Well, I mean, Cargill, I mean, just like I said, she's got the look, so she, she's the draw right now. And that's just how it's going to be, hopefully, that her in-ring skills do improve I mean she is this is why
0: they need a training facility what are you doing it's no it's no way you're gonna convince me that you're training you have six off days you only work one day a week maybe two maybe they y'all got to do a media day every week you work maybe two days most I mean and granted I know she does a little couple things on the side with the athletic gear and stuff you know but that's social media and stuff so not that big of a deal but well, let me not say it like that's not as is. It's not as you know tiring on the body, but the situation is, you have shown no improvement in the ring, and the only reason why people are gonna back her on saying, "Oh, she should work with the top talents," because, well, oh, well, you know, she y'all, you know, put enough faith in her for her to be fifty and oh, but here's the thing: it's hard for for. This is what makes it hard. And this is why I hate when people use the word marks because so many people just like throwing the word mark out because they just want to make it seem like they write about something. And I've never been a fan of the word, but yes, there is truth to the word mark. And honestly, I feel like anybody who is going to sit here and say that Jay Cargill has the in acumen to be working with somebody, like, I'm not even necessarily a fan of Britt Baker, but somebody like Athena or Britt Baker or Jamie Hayter, you know, Soraya, I have no idea what's going on with her right now, so I'm going to just leave her off the list, but Tony Storm. So, like, I'll just. Well, say Soraya's
1: got to work limited matches. She can't be in there every week.
0: Well, yeah, that's why I'm like, you know, also got Leroy Bliss, but somebody like Tony Storm. Tony Storm is a good talent. You know, honestly, I wish she would stop blaming, you know, WWE for why she left and whatever. But my whole thing is you got somebody like Tony Storm who's a good talent. You're going to sit here and tell me. That I'm supposed to work with somebody who can't have a match go longer than five minutes and they can barely execute anything on time or correctly for that matter and you want me to trust them? Hell no! Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with the skills part. I'm not disagreeing with it at
0: all. I I feel like regardless of what the situation is, they do need some sort of training facility I'm not saying it has to be set up exactly like NXT but they, he at least needs a, a gym or a day or she I mean my whole thing is granted it should your job shouldn't have to make you want to be better granted it makes it easier when you got a set place to go that has everything you need but if you're not going to put in the effort on your own Because before NXT was a thing That's what people had to do I read Candice Michelle She had one day off a week when she was on her WWE run And she used that one day a week to train And look she got a title shot And she had a decent I mean granted she didn't have Like she was no Trish Stratus She was no Lita No Molly Holly or no Victoria nothing But she did decently enough for you to kind of believe it And she did that just from one day a week, being able to train one day a week for a few months, for four months. Well, I believe they said four or five months or shit like that. But the point being is if she really was putting in the effort, I feel like we can see it. If she has really been putting in the effort and this is the results of it, this just ain't the business for you, sweetheart. I would like to see more from her because she has a lot of potential. She has a good look and she she could be a Bianca Belair. But you're not gonna be a Bianca Belair or a Sasha Banks or Becky Lynch doing stuff like this. Whatever, not gonna spend any more time on it. We shall see. We we shall see. Let's leave it at that. We shall see. Um, speaking of Serena and Tony Storm, what the what the heck is going on with them? This is like some of the worst heel work I have ever seen in my life. I okay. mean it kind
1: of came out of nowhere um with them, kind you know. I of. mean I I mean because it's like did it like after a match like all of a sudden. I mean I get what they kind of do, the outside girls versus the you know the homegrowns. It's a potential for a good story. I mean, it hasn't been executed well, but it's it's a potential for a good story. I'm not saying they can't clean it up, but uh it's Right now, it's uh, rocky to say the least.
0: I officially checked out when this heifer sat here and spray painted an L on Tony Storm's. But, and the first thing I said when I saw her setting up, because at first I'm just like, okay, Tony's gonna do her hip attack. But then she just kept standing there and I'm like, what's going on? Then you see Serena kind of come in and I said, she better not do what I think she's going to do. Because that was the first thing I thought. I said, she is probably going to spray paint something on Tony's butt so that way Tony can hit her and it'll leave, it, you know, leave the paint on her face or whatever. And I kept saying, I said, there's no way they'll do that. I started convincing myself immediately after I had the thought. I said, there's no way they would do something that stupid. Sure enough, what happened? She spray-pasting the air, and the spray paint apparently isn't working, or maybe she didn't start it, because just like with anything, any type of aerosol paint, you have to, like, spray it first, even with, like, lotion and stuff. With certain stuff, you know how you have to spray it or squeeze it a few times before it actually gets to working? Apparently, it was a fresh can of spray paint, because it, she kept trying to spray. Nothing was coming out. Still nothing's coming out. Tony's still standing there with her butt out looking stupid, and then finally you see like the little green mist. But by that point, the spot was going so long. You see Tony trying to just like, you know, push it away and just like, okay, let's go. It was the faintest L. You almost didn't see it. Even with this being lime green spray paint or neon green or whatever. And you still barely saw on her black ring gear. I said, this is just terrible. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed for them. I said, this is utterly ridiculous. Like, And with Sarah, it's just so disappointing that you thought this was better than just sitting at home getting paid with WWE. Like, I get it. Most people, depending on their type of personality, it's impossible for them just to sit there. I get it. But you thought this was better? Oh, I went to AEW for the freedom. And then the fact, you know, honestly, I'm starting to think, and I had this thought a few weeks ago when they was doing that, Segment with Tony, Soraya, and uh, uh, Hikaru Shida, when she sat there and said, "This is the best. This is the best women's locker room in the world," and I said, "This has to be a line. This has to be in people's contracts when they got hired at AEW because." Was she gonna say two, the
1: second best?
0: Two things. She should have just skipped the line completely. <laughs> she should have just skipped the line completely because every time somebody leaves WWE and goes to AEW, it's the same two things you hear at one point. Oh, like, uh, you know, it's always a W, WWE some type of WWE insult or shot, whatever you want to call it. And, oh, this is the best wrestling company. Just skip the line completely. Because we know it's not. The ratings let us know it's not. The dead silent crowds let us know it's not. The, eight, the 95% Dead silent crowds. Don't sit here and act like you There's don't. It's pumping you... crowd. Don't sit here and act like I I'm not...
1: WWE that pumping crowd noise.
0: Listen, I mean,
1: come on now, come on, WWE in crowd noise. Now. Now. Some of y'all, some
0: <laughs> of y'all, be taking that and running <laughs> with it because sometimes where people be saying the noise is pumped in, it's clearly not pumped in. I'm not saying WWE don't do it, but it's I'm pumped in
1: it, a lot. Because then people be sitting there and you hear. Even they be making I'm up the not chance, the chances pop in. All.
0: I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. All I'm saying is a lot of people take that and run with it, and it just be like, okay, so we're gonna sit here and lie like that. My point being is, these AEW are usually doing events where 95% of the location they're at is empty, and
1: you're gonna say 95% is empty. You have, 95%. A twin, you have
0: a twin. you so you telling me. So you're if, gonna if, sit it a, to tell, if it was a if it was a twenty thousand. Tell me, so you're gonna see here and tell me when they're in a twenty thousand seat arena, and you can clearly see they only shooting like the first eight rows and won't show anything else. You're gonna tell me that the the arena's not empty.
1: I guess I got to get a new TV because I guess I'm not seeing what you're seeing at all.
0: You're definitely not seeing what <laughs> TV. I really, I got this to is get the me thing that really confuses me about people is y'all really try to act brand new and it's even funnier when I'm on the internet am acting brand here. new Y'all really do be acting brand new because I literally, I'm on like I'm not on the internet a lot, a lot but I'm on the internet enough to You're see on when me. people are don't be funny I when I'm sitting here saying people I, You
1: gotta I be, obviously you know who Hawaii was, I you know who that was
0: <laughs> I, who did I mean whatever the point being is I've been to events when I've seen these these uh buildings they're in extremely empty and they only shooting like the first several rows and nothing else because the rest of the room. you asking like you wasn't at Blood and Guts when that whole other side of the building was empty
1: they had one section that was emptied out on the horror cam side what are you talking about
0: listen the whole other side of that I was sitting downstairs
1: was- I I was sitting downstairs
0: I'll I'll post more pictures and stuff people I still have videos
1: you probably took what you took videos before everybody sat down
0: I took videos (laughs) during everything I took videos when I first got there I took videos when the show first started I took videos halfway through the show I took videos during the matches the intermission after the the dynamite taping was done and then rampage I took videos about the whole thing so then that Mm -hmm. way nobody could get to talking John and you can tell when you can tell when the video is taken because of what matches going on. So it's no way I can lie about it. The point being is people need to stop with the BS. I'm not saying that every single show is like that. So quick with the dramatics, mom. So what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: is, but you you you're very you're exaggerating. I'm uh, not exaggerating
0: and when you have
1: a you 20, are exaggerating.
0: Seat, how is it exaggerating when you have a it
1: 95% seat, empty? You, you're trying to say it's like 2,000 people there in a 20,000 seat arena if it's 95% empty.
0: So, you so here's my thing do the math. Why ain't I? am not being oh my <laughs> gosh. So, my whole thing is if you have a 20,000 seat arena and you only sold 4,000 tickets and you're gonna sit here and say you're the greatest. Wrestling company in the world, I've like never
1: you. seen them have a 20,000 seat arena and they only sold 4,000 tickets. You need to start Show, paying show, more me, show me, you
0: need show to show me start the numbers. You just like a whole lot of other people need to start paying attention to the little things, how they shoot certain shows. You can always tell when they not sold out or they're nowhere near sold out because of how they'll shoot it. You'll they'll never do the big wide uh, the camera angle of the whole arena. You can always tell when they do sell out or they're near sold out because that's when they want to do all the different shots from far away and show how many people it is y'all need to start paying attention to the little things because if you're
1: be looking at the seats they don't sell because that's a sad, the stage beyond
0: uh we're just gonna move on i'm not gonna spend <laughs> any more time on that because I, I, I,
1: I gotta get a new tv i,
0: I gotta, you gotta know, get a you bigger to tv start i guess, paying more attention. That's I, all I, guess
1: I gotta get a bigger tv
0: so here's my thing. Who? Why the hell has nobody signed Nick Aldis? I'm still trying to figure out why nobody signed Nick Aldis.
1: No, I didn't know he wasn't signed.
0: Well, what did you think was going on? Did you think I he, thought
1: he was still in NWA?
0: No, his contract expired months ago.
1: Oh well, yeah, just said you'd be on the internet more than not, dude.
0: I mean, I also listen to other people's podcasts, but you know, that's just me. I like to optimize, <laughs> no, <don't. laughs> I like to go optimize my time. Um, I spend a good portion of my work day listening to podcasts, um, but that's just because yeah, I that's... have the leeway
1: to do that. Um, yeah, that's. Them a good part of my work they work in but yeah. I mean, I, mean you I be
0: working but I you do, if I it, you can do it you can do it I can do that type of stuff while I work I can watch stuff I can listen to stuff while I work so I mean if I have something important to do I can pause it you know but I do have a lot of I mean,
1: it's I nice to have it like that of,
0: um but yeah I uh I forgot what I was about to say um oh before I forget because I wanted to bring this up, because I popped for this, I I popped for this because it was so funny. So on NXT, on NXT, everybody saw the you know the the picture, the gift going around where J C Jane turned on Gigi Dolan, and it was you know uh, reminiscent to when. You know, Shawn Michaels turned on Jannetty in the barbershop. Uh, I got that feeling before the actual attack happened, just based off of what she was wearing. Like, because when I first saw her, I said, oh, I said, that looks like the outfit Shawn Michaels had on from the barbershop thing, you know, from when he turned, you know, I mean, for me, it's a famous outfit, but, you know, I don't know if other people think like that. But that was the first thing I thought when I saw her outfit. Then, you know, during the, you know, during the special edition of Ding Dong Hello, you know, by Bailey on nxt i just kept saying i said i said jacy's gonna turn on her because there was no way that Gigi was going to be the one that did the turn it would have made absolutely no sense so when she goes to super kick Gigi, the first thing i said i said i was right like i was like i was right like i just i knew it but the way she kicked her had the internet going crazy and she did like she kicked Gigi dead in the face, and Gigi's head bounced off of that door. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like you saw the shoe print. The, I'm sorry, the boot print. You saw the boot print on her face. I was concerned for her. I I was concerned. I mean, that for her.
1: sound sound like the, the, she didn't pull her punches. That sound. You know, it was. It, sound it like. was.
0: an interest. It was interesting. But before before JC attacked Gigi doing her little promo or her going off, you know, she called, uh, she was like, oh, nice playing the victim, Jannetty, and, you know, everybody kind of popped her around, everybody on the internet was going crazy, because I, as re- soon as she said it, I was like, she gonna call this girl Marty Jannetty. Now, she didn't call her Marty, but she did call her Jannetty, so I was like, I was close, you know, but, you know, I just, it was a good little, you know, good little segment. I honestly, the thing that gets me with J C. She has the style because she kind of has the you know kind of rock star look, y'all international pop star look or whatever, you know. Um, but J- they put too much makeup on. J C. is the main thing. J C. has a very different look, and as a woman, you have to play up the best parts, and especially for somebody that understands like I myself have strong features like you know especially with my eyes I have to be really careful about the type of lashes I choose I have to be careful about who does my eyebrows and how they're done because it can you know this the slightest thing can make your you know bring out you know a bad quality you know of your profile or something or just might throw the whole look off and JC has a very distinctive look and by them putting so much makeup on her It comes off a little drag queen-ish sometimes, and I hate that because it makes her look old too. And JC has a she has a good look. It's I don't know what it is about JC. She has a pretty good look. And it could really be something cool. But they have to tone it down some with her makeup. Like it it looks caked on sometimes. And that's honestly just from a female's perspective. And for somebody who doesn't wear makeup often, I'm very picky about how makeup is done. And she's one of the few people. Because there's a couple of other women that their makeup looks caked on. And she's one of the few people where her makeup always looks caked on. And I wish they would stop. Um, But you know, Gigi clearly was said to be the baby face here. Um, I don't want to say what the bone of contention is. The issue I have with this is it's hard for J.C. to have a legitimate bone of contention because her sitting here saying basically, "Well, I always knew I was a star. I I knew that you know, other than Mandy, I was the other star," and. You know, it's like, what have you really done to make us think that? Because you were saying you're in the same situation as Gigi. You played a backup dancer. You were, yeah, a champion, but you were a tag team champion. You never had that single success. You never accomplished the, you know, what Mandy did on a singles level. So it's like, what makes you think you're next? And like, what gives you the idea? Now, as far as in-ring prowess, I want to say her and Gigi are pretty evenly matched. I feel like I feel like she comes out ahead on the aggression side. She tends to show a little bit more aggression, whereas uh, Gigi seems to be a little bit more on, you know, accuracy. Which you know, both has their positives, um, but. I honestly really can't see them pushing J.C. more than Gigi. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to do this to get them both over at the same time. But it's, it's no real bone of contention here, which is my problem. There's no real foundation on, well, this is why I'm mad or this is why I decided I don't need... There's no real foundation on it. So it's a... You know how they... The three little pigs. So this pig's house was made of straw. This was made her house is made of straw the foundation is made of straw on this one um I'm gonna I'm see where it goes but i I have um I have no high expectations for it I mean I want to see them both succeed but as far as how this is gonna go I just it just doesn't make sense right now so we'll see what happens um what what are, what are your thoughts on that, or have you uh, watched any of
1: that? Uh, put NXT on when I want to go to sleep. It's oh so my boring. gosh, <laughs> it's, it's so terrible, and, and terrible. And so, when that segment came on, I was I had dozed off. I was like, "What the Nate that did the door thing?" It was just like I just just didn't care.
0: So, um, what was I about to say? Gosh. I'm not even... You know, I was going to talk about Warlow. All I'll say is they had the opportunity for Warlow to be so big and they missed the ship on that one. I'm disappointed. They have a small opening. I I do feel like it's possible they can get Warlow back hot, but it's not going to be easy. And honestly, seeing as they're who their booker is, I kind of doubt he'll make it happen. But... Um, cause he has the booking skills of a kindergartner. I just, I don't know. So, I'll, I'm not even going to go into that. Uh Any comments on
1: Wardlow's booking? I mean, he's got to come back and trounce Joe. I mean, that's the only way he can kind of get it back. Um Oh,
0: for sure. That's only for
1: sure. That's the only thing I I don't like about wrestling. You have overpowered characters, and then you gotta make them beatable. That's the only thing I, I never liked when somebody just like so powerful. To me, that's why I never like Strowman. Cause you know, if somebody can flip over a truck or something, you know, how am I supposed to buy them, you know, getting done in by, you know, some punches or spear or something. I, well, you know, that's,
0: I but that they I made like... Joe look like an idiot because him and Derby, you like you let Derby Allen beat you like this. That you got to make it make sense. You can't sit here and let Darby go a twenty minute competitive match with Samoa Joe, and then turn around and he and he loses to a Darby that's one hundred and twenty pounds, and then turn around and he's supposed to be this, you know, this huge challenge with Warlock. It just it makes no sense. The booking makes no sense.
1: I mean, Darby did use a skateboard, so you know, wow, it just a wasn't skateboard. <laughs> It did. Yeah, he did use a skateboard, so it wasn't. That has.
0: That must be a radioactive. That's a radioactive on fire thousand pound skateboard he used. You ever
1: got hit with a skateboard?
0: Yes, I've owned a skateboard.
1: I said you ever got hit with a skateboard?
0: Yes. Like somebody Mm
1: -hmm. just wrecked up a skateboard and just wiped you across the head.
0: Yes, I'm the youngest. I don't know what kind of life you live in. I, I'm the youngest child, and I've had an older brother. Yes, I got here with a skateboard, and your older
1: brother hit you right, racked you across the face with a skateboard.
0: Not across the face, but across the back.
1: Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, uh, I, I, I pray for you, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All I'm saying is the booking makes no sense. If you were gonna have him in some type of capacity do it, do a job to <sighs> if he was gonna have to do a job to Darby, you can't do it right before you can't have him take almost 30 minutes to beat this 120 pound guy that's. We're just gonna leave it at that. It's
1: Darby, yeah. though. We've already established that Darby is 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 a world beater, so that's already been established. I mean, even though he is eight. 150 pounds, he's a suicidal, crazy guy. And so. but then
0: you're gonna turn around and have the 245 pound guy come back in, steaming mad from being attacked and having his hair cut and being humiliated on TV and then oh that's supposed to scare Samoa Joe even though he just went hundred he just went, you know, almost thirty minutes with a hundred and twenty pound guy and it took it seemed like though he needed the world behind him to beat him. Like do you just you can't do that back to back. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yes you can because now when it makes it even more for Wardlow. So I mean, if anything, a, we'll see.
0: The only way to salvage this at this point, in my opinion, I mean, and this is just common sense. The only way to salvage this at this point, with how he just messed up the booking, now Warlow has to, now Warlow has to go after Darby. He has to, he he has to just squash Darby. Uh, I said Darby Wild, wow, Harry Potter.
1: What well, beef with he have with Darby?
0: I, I, I'm looking at the thing in Harry Potter. Besides the point, but. Warlow has to. Warlow has to do the. You know, I want my TNT Championship back. Darby just accept the challenge because it's Darby. You know, they have like a six minute match. Warlow wins, get the title back. Now some more Joe coming after him. Then do that. It's but the Darby only way to some. Sum- It's the only way to somewhat salvage the situation because Joe looks like a complete... I mean, either way, Joe is really going to look stupid, but it won't look as bad for Joe if he don't have to turn around and do a job to on right after he had did a job to a 120-pound guy. That's all I'm saying. I
1: mean, yeah. you, You got your logic, so...
0: I mean you I mean, but that's just common sense, so you so it makes sense for Samoa Joe to go over twenty minutes with 125, a hundred twenty five a twenty five pound guy in a competitive match, and it takes all these all all the world to beat him, and then he gotta deal with this fully grown man who is really gonna be hard for him that like and like it just makes no mm-hmm. sense. He was screwed from the get go with getting the pro getting in the, the program with Darby to begin with. It made it made Samoa Joe some of
1: look stupid. I mean, I thought they was would pivot right back. I didn't know they was going to even insert Darby into that uh, particular storyline but and, but that's I mean, what
0: messed it up is putting Darby it, right in the middle of it because now Samoa Joe looks stupid and again he's going to look stupid no matter what but at least some of the heat is off of him if Warlow goes and gets the title from Darby and beats him in like five or six minutes it's not going to be as bad because then a lot of people are going to be like they're going to just forget about the match some people Darby not, doesn't
1: have the title
0: Listen, well, I got my weeks mixed
1: up then. Well, because
0: last time I checked, Darby had won it back, so maybe that no. Was the Joe
1: that... won it back already.
0: Oh well, maybe that was the week I fell asleep on it while it was on TV. Then, well, I mean, either way, it looks stupid.
1: Cause That's what I'm trying to my... say. What are you What are you talking about? But okay. Well,
0: I mean, either way, he still looks <laughs> stupid though. Because look how long that match was against Darby, who's 120 pounds soaking wet. Now you got to go into this battle with this full grown man. And what, what is Warlow? 235, 245 pounds or something? Just like it's
1: been established from day one that size didn't matter to Darby. He was going to go after whoever and could hang with whoever. So
0: oh. the, And this is why the booking is bad because they just do stuff out of order. Has no real rhyme or reason behind it. It just, it makes it extremely difficult to make things make sense when you do stuff like that. But you know, what if?s what ifs? Uh let me cross that off the list. Um, just a couple of things in passing. Uh Teddy Long made a made a comment online he would like to manage the street profits. I'm all here for it. If we can get some Teddy Long, him managing the street profits would be great. I would love to see it. I feel like that would be some good TV. Holla holla holla. Um don't
1: think they need a manager, but okay.
0: Um, well, since you didn't watch NXT, Brian Breaker got booed out the building. He got booed out the building last NXT episode. Um, I mean, granted, I've said for a while, I believe this is going to be the year Breaker Breaker's going to get, I believe he's going to get his call up after WrestleMania because it's not really left, anything left for him to do outside of going against Carmelo. I feel like he needs to drop the title to Carmelo and then they just call him up, because at this point, it's, it's go-away. I mean, it would be stupid just to take him off the TV, just leave him off the TV for a while, so they might this business him with him, or- Carmelo. He dropped the title to Carmelo, and then, you know, they had a little back and forth for a minute, and then, you know, they call him up on the main roster, because at this point, it's, he's, they it's, it's nothing left for him to do. He's He's just one of those people that's just a little bit more ahead, a few steps ahead of everybody else. And, I mean, I feel like Carmelo should be getting the call-ups soon, too, uh, if not, you know, this year. Uh, well, if not after Mania, maybe by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely time for Brian. It's just it's nothing left for him to do. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll move along since you don't watch NXT, but I just thought I'd throw that out for there. I for mean,
1: Brian's been still for a long time because I mean he just became the, the giant Cena of the, of the <laughs> thing. So it's 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 still
0: okay. Well, let's briefly talk about Brent, uh Baron Corbin. Uh as you guys saw JBL ditched him on raw told him that you can't shine a turd he's tried and baron uh, corbin was upset did an interview backstage well attempted to do an interview backstage where he was cut off and we were told that there was something important going on out in the ring Sami Zayn hits the ring wearing the you know the ninja disguise with the black hoodie comes out it says that he needs to talk to cody rose did you happen to catch this segment
1: uh, in a recap yeah I did um, see a recap I didn't see the Baron Corbin stuff because who cares <laughs> but, you know I did see Zayn come out and uh, interrupt and Cody came out and they talked about yeah I want to see you you know at Mania even though we know that
0: was going to happen but
1: yeah a really good
0: segment Um, you know, it was crazy because the week before with the Cody and Heyman segment, you know, people during the segment, people were saying, man, like, you know, what happened, what happened if we get Cody and Sammy? And, you know, I knew that was an interesting dynamic and I was curious myself to see what happened and we got it the following week. Um, I mean, it wasn't as good as the Cody Heyman thing, but it was a, it was a still a really good segment. You know, both parties got their points across. Sammy sounded good, looks good, came off genuine. Cody, same thing, looks good in the suit, sounded genuine. My favorite part was when, you know, Sammy said he didn't know and Cody makes this face. Like, what the F are you talking about? Like, what what the F do you mean? And the thing I love about Cody, and it's like, I know people are going to take this the wrong way. And so I'm not even going to bother going through the rigmarole of trying to explain what I mean, because some people are just going to take it the wrong way regardless it's the little things with Cody that makes him so good but also on another level for me you know for a lot of us and uh, people uh, I'll explain when, when I say us you can tell that Cody is has some black influence in his life because of how he says certain things and how he does certain things and it's so refreshing to some degree and it doesn't come off as fake and I feel like for the people who think that Cody is not genuine, I feel like, and as much as I hate to say this because I'm not a fan of the Young Bugs, but I watched their YouTube show, Being the Elite, and I only watched it because Cody was on it. I've never watched the whole show. I've literally only watched the episodes that had Cody in them. And I know people are like, how is it possible that you know, you know which episodes had Cody? Well, common sense, you click on the episode, you do a quick scan by dragging a little marker. If I don't see Cody pop up and I just go to the next one and do the same thing. Yes, it's a lot of work, but it wasn't really a lot of episodes at the time when I watched it, so you know, what else? I um, know no, I never
1: but, watched uh, any of them, but...
0: But, uh, you know, honestly, I will say the, the good thing about that was that for people, when when I, like, right when right when he was leave, getting ready to leave AEW, I know the main thing that people were saying was, like, just how he just doesn't come off as genuine and they just feel like he's fake and all this and that. It's funny because it's, like, I never got that sense from Cody. And p- if people would actually watch it, and I really hate to say that because a lot of that crap with the Young Bucks is just so not funny. But for people who watch it, that is really just Cody's personality. Like, people have to remember Cody, you know, grew up a certain way. So some things to him is normal, certain, like, just like how, you know, how you may have grown up certain things, certain ways of speaking are comfortable for you because that's what you knew growing up or that's what makes you comfortable or whatever. But all in all, I, one of the biggest takeaways I had from, you know, watching that is Cody's the exact same person on tv that he is in real life and it's so funny because people think he's fake and it's I mean to some degree I get why people think that because they get the sense that he's trying hard but a lot of people also have to keep in mind and this is again where I have that connection with somebody I have a connection with Cody because I understand him there we have a lot of similarities which you know makes me automatically connect with him but also a very small thing most people don't remember because a lot of people weren't watching at the time but Cody got his teeth done years ago he clearly has veneers and I mean they look great but for the people who never saw Cody before his veneers you know his. a lot of people don't know that the list a lot of times come from how you're you know you're, the placement of your teeth sometimes that's the case with some people sometimes it's, you know other parts or how you know whatever but cody has a list that's something that he cannot correct there's something that can't necessarily be corrected so it's something that people just i feel like some people pick at it as a reason just not to like him i saw when he did the promo with Heyman, and somebody online was like uh one you know one of the you know wrestling journalists online you know was like oh this was great all this and that and some some guy some some dude she was like Oh, well, yeah, I mean, just, you know, hard to get over the list every five seconds or something like that. And I'm just like, dude, like he has a, he has a list, but whatever. The point being is, um, you know, the chamber, the Elimination Chamber, uh, leading up to Elimination Chamber, Cody and Sammy had that promo. It was good. Cody pretty much gave Sammy a pep talk. By the end of the pep talk, you know, Sammy went from saying he, you know, he wasn't sure to... You know, I know I can do it. And um just a just a good segment. Um going to see Elimination Chamber itself, honestly, I don't have much to say about it. It was <clears throat> it's it wasn't a bad pay-per-view. It's just that it you know, it was, you know, the match certain matches were long. Um the women's chamber i'll just say it was it was some good stuff that went on oscar won. i was excited for oscar um i feel like oscar has to win this wrestlemania so we'll see what happens with that um brock and brock and um brock and lashley's match was uh, wasted at best it was just a whole build up of nothing. I mean, clearly they trying to I kind of figured something like that was gonna happen to stretch it out to Mania. We'll see what happens. The men's elimination chamber for the United States Championship. It was some some good stuff that happened, but I wasn't fully invested. Theory retained. Um uh, I kinda thought I
1: kinda thought Which was predictable.
0: Yeah, which was predictable. Um, Montez looks really good. Of course, the surprise of Logan Paul coming in—you know, uh, attacking—which saw you know. the coming
1: from a mile away,
0: right? Because they took too long with the spot trying to get Montez out. Um, the the mixed tag match with Rhea and Finn versus Beth and the Edge—it was actually pretty good. Rhea looks great. It Rhea was she stood out so much during the match. Beth still looks great. She still got it. Um, I mean, and I mean, let's the 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 Sammy and Roman, they milked it. It they could have cut that match by seven minutes. Several minutes of that match was not needed. I was not a fan of two ref bumps. Uh, but all in all, I, the the fact that the crowd was like super, super quiet was just very strange to I mean, well, I don't I don't wanna say strange,
1: but um, you thought that crowd was quiet for that same match?
0: Well, no, I'm saying after when he lost, like they were dead silent when he lost.
1: But uh, because it's Montreal and they,
0: I mean, no, even though I course.
1: think they didn't think knew he was gonna win, I guess they were still kind of invested in him winning. But I mean, anybody with had been watching the program should have known Rumble Reigns wasn't gonna drop the belt at a little throwaway event like that. Um. But yeah, they've they've booked themselves into a corner because um, you know Sammy's popularity is just rising, and it's like I don't know, just pivoting him trying to maybe just for a tag team title shot is just, eh. I don't I don't know. I I'm curious to see what they do, but uh, well.
0: Well we'll have to see what they do then. We'll we'll have to see what they do. I mean, I feel like nobody should have been surprised that Sammy lost, but I mean, people were. We'll see what happens. Uh I'm ready for mania. We'll definitely have another show. We'll definitely have a couple more shows before mania, you guys. So don't worry. Um This is yeah, this it's a lot going on right now, but but we'll see. We'll see what happens when it comes to mania. Um Anything you want to add, G, before we go?
1: Mm. Um, no. I mean, it's uh, pretty covered. We you know, got everything. Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, shots out to Slap Nuts on his uh, <laughs> father's passing. I mean, I know Jerry Jerry did a lot for a lot of people. So, you know, yes. rest in peace.
0: Rest in peace, Jerry Jerry. It we'll was definitely sad to hear about that. You guys, this was on the mat and in the ring. We'll see you next time.